When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to another episode of Bucks and Six, a Milwaukee Bucks podcast brought to you by Fans First Sports Network. My name is Stephen Dorf, and alongside me, as always, is my co-host, Hershey Winkleman. Check us out on social media. We're on Instagram and Twitter at Bucks and Six FFSN. And then you can find this and all of our other podcasts on Apple or Spotify. So be sure to check that out. Uh, unfortunately, the Bucks uh, are eliminated from this uh, first inaugural uh, in-season tournament, Hirsch. We lost to the Pacers tonight, 128 to 119. Uh, it was a really good game, honestly. Like, it went down to the wire. Uh, the Pacers really pulled away with, like, two minutes left in the game. But uh, Giannis, Giannis was great tonight, Hirsch. Uh, obviously, he had 37 points, 10 rebounds, played 41 minutes. So, uh, But one thing to note with him, Hirsch, is he shot 11 of 13 from the line. And Chris also had a really solid night. He played 30 minutes, so that's his season high. Really exciting to see from him. But Hirsch, outside of Chris, man, it was a uh, pretty disappointing night from the rest of the squad. Uh, what were your thoughts on tonight's game, man? Yeah, just overall, you know, pretty tough just to see, you know, the Bucks go out, you know, as close to the finals and, you know, possibly winning as they did. But, you know, obviously the still the the real NBA championship is still obviously on the table for the for this Bucks team. And, you know, they've been coasting pretty much relatively throughout the you know opening part of this season. And, you know, this probably wasn't on their top of priorities of bucket lists, uh, you know, intensity games. Whereas, you know, for the Pacers, it probably was. I mean, this is like you mentioned on the last one, like their playoffs. This is their chance to, you know, kind of make their statement on this season. So, you know, props to them. They play, they played, you know, a really good game. They have a great team, you know, this year. And Tyrese Halliburton, you know, like we've been saying, is, you know, fantastic. Clearly, you know, a top, you know, six, seven guard in the league. Um, you know, with a guy like that, you know, the Pacers might have, you know, a young core in the in the future that, you know, could be a contending. But right now, uh, you know, I think they're just one of those playoff teams that could give somebody a scare. But yeah, I just overall, you know, tough night. Obviously, Damian Lillard, you know, didn't have uh relatively, you know, the shooting night we would have liked to see uh 0 for seven and, and held scoreless in the first quarter. So that's obviously, you know not not great and one of five in the fourth quarter when you know it's supposed to be dame time and we saw tyrese halliburton uh kind of do it back to him at the end where he hit that big three so yeah just overall you know this is a celebration her she mocked the celebration too and everything in his face he said it's, it's my time now and he pointed at his wrist so yeah that was that was really hard to watch 
I mean, yeah, Dame did uh, talk about it, you know, after the game. And he said, you know, I've done it to a lot of guys throughout my career. So you got to kind of learn to if you're going to dish it, you got to you got to be able to take it. And so he took it on the chin. And obviously, you know, he kind of did deserve that. But, you know, props for Tyrese for, you know, hitting that big shot. Yeah. And, you know, speaking of dishing it, um, I just want to touch on Tyrese Halliburton while we're on that. Um, Dude, he is remarkable, Hirsch. His ability to like just you know, find guys and make these incredible passes and then not turn the ball over is like, it's special. I mean, I've seen him do this multiple times this year. Um, yeah, he's, he's, uh, he's going to be a really special player in this league. Um, that Pacers team, you know, like you said, has a really nice young core. I think they said tonight, like five guys from the same draft class on that team. So got a lot of guys like who want to grow together and, you know, build their careers together. So props to that Pacers team, obviously. So they, they played really, really well tonight, but Tyrese Halliburton definitely led that front. Can you believe a team like Sacramento traded him away for Sabonis? I mean, realistically, it's worked out. It's worked out for Sacramento because obviously they needed a guy like that, but just the way that Tyrese has turned out, you know, you just, you look back on it. Like what if, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those kind of situations, but just yeah, a, no, it's, it's a bonus an all-star caliber player. I mean, he made the all-star team last year, so he's a really good player in his own right. I think that trade's honestly going to go down as one of the more even trades. Uh, at least as of right now, we'll see what the Pacers end up doing with, you know, Tyrese, but uh, right now, I think this team is going to be one of those really good regular season offenses. And then because, you know, one thing I want to point out tonight is that when we slowed them down and really made them play half court offense, they struggled like that. That's where I noticed our defense was at its best is when we weren't sprinting back on transition or complaining about fouls and not getting back or celebrating after you hit a floater and not getting back. I saw Malik Beasley do that. That was <laughs> that was hard to watch as well. So. But yeah, this team, you know, come playoff times, the Pacers, uh, they're they're going to be an interesting team to to watch. I think that, you know, they're they're going to struggle in the playoffs when it really when the game really really slows down. But the Bucks in the future need to do that to teams like these that play at this pace. Hurts. They got to slow them down for the majority of the game. Yeah, and we saw that. I feel like you know they did a pretty good job uh, early on, especially in the first quarter. Uh, but you know, looking on through the game, I mean, obviously, you know, Brooke had you know, 18 points, uh, took a lot of shots though. And, you know, a lot of those were well, well behind the arc. I mean, he was taking 28 footers. I mean, he hit a couple of them or I mean, one or two, but he should not be taking those kind of shots. Those are super far away from the hoop. It was, uh, it was Hirsch. It was the strangest thing ever. The guy starts, I mean, I don't know. He, he must've been watching his Damian Lillard tape because he was taking them from like Dame range. And he, he started the game out really, really hot. He was two for three, I think to start the game or three for four, three for five, and then just went cold. I mean, he was shooting them from like 30 plus feet out. Yeah. I mean, that's crazy. Those are definitely not the shots you want a guy like Brooke Lopez taking, especially, you know, when he kind of had his first nine or so years as in his career as, you know, a, 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 a paint beast and around the basket interior threat. Um, On a team that doesn't really have that, you know, that doesn't have the defense to, to deal with the paint presence that we, you know, have, they have Miles Turner, who's a good, you know, center. He's really good at defense, but outside of him, it's a lot of small bodies. They got Bruce Brown, Aaron Neese. They had Aaron Neesmith on Giannis, you know, for a, a majority of the game. And I mean, he's, he's a small defender, so they didn't really have the size. And, you know, the fact that we got out rebounded by this team is, you know, also something we're going to touch on, but yeah, disappointing night from, you know, some key role players, Hirsch, you just mentioned it, Brooke, Malik Beasley struggled to find his shot tonight. And then oof, campaign, 
Stinker from campaign tonight, Hirsch. Two two from nine from the field, two turnovers. He's got to be better, you know, especially when Dame isn't having his night. Campaign has got to be better, Hirsch. That's the thing with campaign, though, is he, he's always been kind of a streaky guy throughout his career. And, you know, he's one of those guys where you, you don't really expect a consistent, you know, offensive output. I mean, we've seen it, you know, even like in the last couple of weeks where he's had, you know, an 18 point game and then he comes out with this. It's like he's not a guy who's going to, you know, be giving you consistent points off the bench. Um, he's going to have good games and he's going to have bad games. Unfortunately, you know, him and Dame had a bad night on the same night, which is really, really hurtful for the team. But you'd hope that at least one of them was on and, you know, hitting their shots. But unfortunately, you know, neither one really was other than Dame in that third quarter. Yeah, I mean, it's just, yeah, when your guys aren't playing well, especially your point guards, we talk about this a lot, Hirsch, you know, when your point guard is the guy running the offense, you know, uh, you play through that guy. And when he isn't playing well, your team is, you know, going to struggle on offense. And I feel like we see that a lot with Dame when he misses shots and makes bad decisions. Our offense sputters. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and we saw that down the stretch. Uh, you know, poor execution, I would say, offensively. We lost the fourth quarter 37 to 25. Um, I thought, you know, throughout the throughout the course of the game, we did a good job of, you know, keeping it close, uh, coming back, quelling their runs. Uh, and we really just kind of just fell apart down the stretch, especially defensively. I felt like there was way too many easy buckets. Um, and, you know, the Pacers, they, they really pushed the pace. I mean, that, that's kind of, you know, it's funny because that's their team name, but they do lead the team or they lead the league in pace. Um and and they kind of showed it down the stretch there. It, it really helped them get a lot of easy buckets in transition when you know they're they're just running at breakneck speed. Even when we make the basket, you know they're taking it out there out of the net. They're inbounding it quickly. They're pushing it up the court. They've got guys leaking out like Obi Toppin, who you know he had that one unreal uh, half court lob that he caught and reverse dunked it. So uh, down the stretch, th- those are those are big plays. Um, you know, obviously the game was in Vegas on a neutral site. Uh, And, you know, Chris Middleton talked about it, you know, in that first quarter interview where, you know, he said, basically, you know, we're trying to get accustomed to to this different environment. Um, You know, obviously they've played in a bubble before, but nothing like that. Um, So obviously, you know, it was just a different environment and the Pacers seem to have, you know, just kind of thrived in that environment. Um, You know, especially a guy like TJ McConnell, uh, who, you know, was great in college. You know, he's been a, a good point guard throughout his career, but. He had a great night tonight as well. He was all he's all over the place getting steals, you know, scoring, assisting. So, you know, guys like that, the guys that have played in big games in like, you know, college and the final four, you know, they're probably they're probably gonna do pretty well in this in season tournament. And we we've seen that so far already. Yeah, I mean, I just think, you know, going back to your point, you know, about poor execu- or execution in the fourth quarter. There were there were times where you know the guys you you really rely upon the most, Hirsch, uh, and Damian Lillard, and Chris Middleton, bad bad turnovers, right? I mean, it's one thing to miss shots; it happens. Like you, you can't expect to make them all, but it's one thing to give a team that likes to push the pace. You know, we're talking about how they we you've got to stop them from from playing this fast paced offense when you just hand them the ball, especially in crunch time. We had two really, really bad turnovers, Hirsch, one from Dame that didn't result in any points, and then one from Chris that did. And then you give up offensive rebounds, and that's something else that I think really cost us this game tonight. And I think it's it's been kind of the theme, at least the offensive rebounds and the rebounds as a whole, That's that's been the theme of the season so far. But losing in a, you know, the turnover battle in, in a crunch time, you know, moment like this, Hirsch, is unlike this team, I feel like. 
And I, I don't foresee it happening again in the future, at least. I, you know, you just talked about the the neutral site. I, I don't know how much that has to play into it, but maybe maybe the guys are partying out in Vegas. I doubt it, obviously, but yeah, it's just cannot perform like that down the stretch, dude. You cannot turn the ball over like that, especially to this offense. Well, yeah, and you also, you know, you mentioned the offensive rebounds. Uh, you know, they gave up 15 offensive rebounds, which is, is just way too many extra possessions. Um, and, you know, we, we saw some reports about, you know, some some people being angry after the game in the locker room. Uh, you probably know a little bit more about it than me, but, I mean, I think it has to do around rebounding and Bobby Portis being angry at Coach Griffin. Yeah, I just saw something about um, Bobby Portis or Adrian Griffin was – had having the meeting post game uh, locker room talk and Bobby Portis, they, he, Adrian Griffin was initially, you know, talking about rebounding and you can't lose the rebound battle. And then Bobby Portis got on him about poor execution down the stretch and how it's not just on Adrian Griffin, but you know, on the players, they need to execute. And I think a lot of it tonight was the a lack of execution. I think, you know, you hold a team to 20 something percent from three, you, you expect to win that game, Hirsch, right? If you were to look, just at like the the team box scores, like the team stats, you'd think that this the Bucks probably would have won just based off of the fact that we shot a better percentage from the field. You just cannot you cannot execute like that down the stretch, and you know that's what Bobby Portis was was you know harping on Adrian Griffin and the team on. But Hirsch, is is this something that you know you or any Bucks fan should be concerned about turmoil in the locker room? I know we've seen this in the past, but not with this team, but with, you know, other teams and other sports in general, where you see just, you know, stuff going on on the sidelines or whatever. And then, you know, it either works out or whatever, but the the media likes to make a big narrative about it, Hirsch. Yeah. I mean, I think this will be fine. Um, you know, especially with coach Griffin, you know, being a rookie head coach and, you know, Bobby Portis being a veteran who's played on multiple different teams under multiple different coaches. And he's, you know, won a championship. He's been through the ringer. Um, and, you know, he's also, you know, he's he's playing on a relatively small contract for, for you know, the caliber player he is. Um, I think, you know, he has the right to do that, especially, you know, when, you know, Coach Griffin has shown that, you know, we, 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 we've been playing a lot of clutch games. I mean, I know the Bucs do lead the NBA in clutch wins, but, you know, we, we'd rather not have these games come down to the wire every single time. Um, and some of it does have to do with, you know, poor execution. I think the rebounding definitely does play a factor. Uh, as well, because we've, you know, been harping on that throughout the year. But, I mean, I don't really have a problem with Bobby Portis being angry and, you know, trying to, you know, get the guys a little fired up in the locker room. I mean, that that's kind of what he's there to be on the team. He's he's the energizer. He's the guy who is, you know, the hyped up player by the crowd. You know, a lot of the time you'll hear them chanting his name and, you know, he'll be all hyped up. He'll be clapping. He'll be screaming. Uh, Bobby Portis is a pretty outgoing, you know, character and, you know, it's not something I'd necessarily be surprised about or concerned. I think it's fine. Uh, I think with the chemistry in the locker room, you know, I think everything will be good. I think Bobby just wanted to get some of his frustrations out. And whatever that was, I'm sure they'll figure it out. But I wouldn't expect, you know, him or anybody to be fired or traded anytime soon. I, I don't think it's that kind of turmoil. Yeah, and I mean, as long as we've had, as long as we ha- uh, have had Bobby, we've known that he's very charismatic, right? I mean, that that's what made him really famous in Milwaukee is, you know, just that energy and that personality that he shows and brings. So uh, I'm very okay with it. I honestly think it's much needed, right? So 
like to see that want to see them kind of move on from this and build off of that and you know just continue to be a good team but be good you know throughout the games and not just at the end of them or just at the beginning of them but we're going to take a quick break and then we are going to come right back and talk about the upcoming bulls game next monday and we're back on the boxing six podcast my name is hershey winkleman he's steven dorf and we're just going to preview this upcoming game against the Chicago Bulls on Monday. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, obviously, you know, in our last game against them, uh, you know, the Bulls won in overtime. Obviously, you know, that was a tough game considering, you know, both Levine and DeRozan were out. Um, and we ended up losing to a Nikola Vucevic-led Chicago Bulls team. Uh, but they've been hot recently. Uh, winners of their last three. They're currently 8-14. and 14. Uh, and with a win over the Spurs on Friday, they could be on a five-game win streak. So, Steve, just looking at, you know, this game, obviously, you know, talent-wise, I think, you know, the Bucs match up pretty well against the Bulls, but we've seen us lose to them, uh, you know, this season, you know, like a week ago. So, what? Are, I mean, I think we're, we're probably going to, you know, have a relatively comfortable win, but I don't think we can really say that, you know, at this point. I mean, yeah, like, this is a team that just, you know, beat us. We, we thought we had them. Alex Caruso hits a big three, ties it, goes to overtime. We lose to them. So, and this is not a good basketball team right now. And no disrespect to their players, but they're eight and 14, right? They might be on a three game win streak right now, but, you know, for the most part, this is a team that should just be an easy chalk up W for a team like us who is competing. However, this, it, it's just right now, we're figuring things out. Um, we're going to have a little break at least, you know, we get the weekend off guys get to kind of chill and, you know, figure it out, uh, get over this tough loss. But yeah, I mean, this is a team we should beat Hirsch. And I know that it's a common theme. We say it every time, but this is a team we should beat, a team we should kill. I don't know if that's going to be the case, but I'm going to go into this game expecting us to win and, you know, win by double digits. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a fair prediction. Um, you know, Demar Demar is back from his injury, which you know was was not the case the last time. Um, so, but I feel like the first time we played against them, we held Demar relatively in check. I believe he was you know under fifteen points in that game. So, um, you know, he hasn't really had success against this Bucks defense at least so far this season. Um, you know, Caruso and Tory Craig have had some injuries as of late. Um, you know, Zach Levine is still out. Um, and I think that leads to the next question, Steve. And I know a lot of people are talking about this, but do you think that we've seen Zach Levine play his last game as a bull? Um, who knows? I mean, I'm sure that they're going to have to do something at, you know, this season, but I'm sure that the clock is ticking, right? Uh, this team is going nowhere. We talked about it the last time I just, you know, just kind of went on a little rant about how they're eight and 14. So, you know, it, if, if they were smart, they would trade him, right? If, the, if they, you know, the, the GM knows what he's doing, it's time to move on, you know, get a first round pick or two for the guy and whatever salaries you need to do to make it work. But yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't be shocked, Hirsch, if this is the last season we see Zach Levine in a Bulls uniform. Yeah, and I think that's a good take. I mean, you know, with it, with them, you know, kind of holding him out at this point, I feel like, you know, the, the the trade is obviously coming coming uh the train is coming down the tracks with him uh DeMar DeRozan being a free agent you know this coming off season obviously you know that that could play a role here coming up as well with the deadline and like you mentioned you know they're not really you know 
in contention for much of anything this year uh, with, you know, three guys that are getting paid, you know, near max contracts and are, you know, what's considered stars in the league uh, with Damar and Levine at least. And then, you know, Vucevic is a good player. He's, you know, probably not a star anymore, but he's, he's a good role player. He could definitely, you know, be traded as well. Uh, I know they did just re-sign him, but there are, there are teams out there that would take a guy like him. So I think, you know, the rebuild is coming for Chicago. And like you mentioned, you know, if, if their GM had any sort of brain, he would he would blow this up. I mean, obviously, these guys aren't going to work. So and we've seen them. I mean, the, the the farthest they can go is, is you know, the eighth seed and losing the first round. And the worst they can be is, you know, out of the play in. Um, and it sucks, obviously, with Lonzo. They looked good, you know, a couple years or last year with Lonzo for a little bit. But I think that that ship has also sailed, Steve. Yeah, the Bulls are are probably they're going to they're going to need to rebuild at some point sooner rather than later would be ideal for Chicago fans. But uh, before we wrap up, Hirsch, um, one more question for you. Now that I guess this NBA in-season tournament is over for us Bucks fans. Uh, how did you like the uh, the first go at it? Yeah, I mean, I think overall, you know, it, it was good. I think, you know, the, I think they should switch up the courts and the jerseys every year. I don't think they should bring back the same ones uh, just to spice it up a bit. I also think they should, you know, change the uh, achievement for winning. I think, you know, the trophy is good and everything and there being an MVP of the tournament. But I think 500K is just not enough. Um, I'd like to see some sort of incentive, like a playoff, uh, like a guaranteed playoff berth or some sort of, you know, seeding advantage or something going on later in the year for, you know, teams to try at least a little harder. Uh, you know, we didn't see really the Nuggets in this quarterfinal round, uh, which, you know, a lot of people would have thought, you know, the Celtics lost early. Uh, the Sixers didn't make it. So, you know, teams like that, obviously, you know, contenders that we that a lot of people would have thought would have been elite teams didn't make it uh to that quarterfinal round where we see teams like the Pacers the Knicks uh and the Pelicans so I just think a better incentive for next season would be nice as well as you know switching up the jerseys in the courts yeah and then I also think that they could make this a longer tournament uh I like that you know you have your two rounds or you have uh your uh two rounds in Vegas. I think that, you know, one round in Vegas is enough. I think a neutral uh, site for the semifinals is, I, I wasn't a huge fan of that personally. I think that, I mean, <laughs> could be a little bias, obviously, considering we lost, but would like to see those be played on home courts. But I think that they could make the tournament longer with the group stage where, you know, it's going to be done before we're 25 games into the year, Hirsch. I think it would have been cooler if it goes till about mid season. So you play your group stage teams twice instead of once uh, it gives you a little bit more leeway. If you have a bad game or you lose by 30 and then you're not pretty much eliminated from that point on. So I think that would be a cool thing to do is just that, you know, add uh, three more games to each group stage pretty much, and then make the tournament go on till around mid season. And then after mid season, it's like, all right, you got all-star break. And then now it's really like playoff crunch time. Who's going to get what seed and whatnot. So I think that would be a cool way to format it in the future. But yeah. overall, I, I like the concept for sure. I agree. I mean, I definitely think there are some tweaks that need to be made. And, you know, Adam Silver being, you know, the, the pretty progressive commissioner that he has been uh, so far, you know, under his tenure, I believe, you know, he'll, he'll you know, make the necessary changes. Um, you know, I've heard Tim on some of these podcasts recently. He's been pretty interesting to listen to when it just comes to, you know, the business side of the NBA. 
and, you know, kind of how they make these decisions. But yeah, I think overall, you know, the in-season tournament was a good decision. Uh, and I think like the play-in, like you mentioned, it's definitely going to grow on people. Uh, but I think that's going to be it for today's episode of the Box and Six podcast. Uh, make sure to leave a like, download, subscribe, and follow us on both Twitter and Instagram at Box and Six FFSM. I'm Hershey Winkleman. He's Stephen Dorr. And let's go, Box.